Hi, and welcome back to What's in Season with IU's very own Season Magazine, where we talk everything style, trend, and fashion seen in Bloomington and beyond. We are your hosts, Samantha Burke. Alana Harry. And today we are with... Yeah, Matisse Lovegraven. <laughs> Hi, Matisse. Hi. Um, okay, Matisse, tell everyone about yourself and why you're here and how awesome you are. Okay. Um, so I'm a sophomore and I'm a gender studies major. And then basically a lot of people know me through just like my involvement um, at IU. I'm super interested and passionate in all the stuff that I talk about. Um, I'm mostly connected to culture of care um, where I am the director of sexual well-being. So I do a lot of like promotion and stuff like that on campus. And it's just really piqued my interest in a lot of other things surrounding women's rights and pushing for, like, sex positivity. Um, And then also things about, like, mental health and body neutrality and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's really made me who I am. Like, I wasn't super passionate about anything before I got to college, and that's weird to say. But, like, being here and kind of changing my path. Like, I used to be a nursing major and, like, wanted a very, like, traditional life and that's not where I am now so yeah super super crazy how I got here I I like how in the beginning you go a lot of people know me on campus I'm super popular popular (laughs) yeah I am is because you are so awesome so it's really important that is awesome okay so talk about culture of care and what it is your history with it yeah. Okay. Um, so Culture of Care is a student org here on campus, um, student-led and staff-supported. Um, we have four main focus areas, drug and alcohol awareness, mental health, sexual well-being, and then overall respect. Um, Culture of Care works a lot with harm reduction, so saying that we're never going to judge anyone for what they're doing, we're never going to shame anyone for what they're doing, but maybe if we give out resources, if we help people know the right things to know, then they can do it as safely as possible and also put themselves in a position to help other people if they see somebody that needs it. So we will do stuff like we just did a tailgate um, where we gave out glazed donuts and like granola bars and waters and liquid IVs to remind people like you need to drink water and you need to eat food if you're going to be like partying all day like we're not going to tell you not to drink or anything like that because we know what everyone does during football season but maybe do it safely um we give out condoms all the time we do lots of fun stuff with sexual well-being which I'll talk about a little bit later but um yeah and then mental health is huge for us too like we like to do a lot of like de-stress type of stuff so we've had petting zoos in the past like literally just like pop up petting zoos to, like Aww. make people happy so and then we've done, like, a nap fest in Dunmeadow where we literally just set up a bunch of, like, inflatable couches and, like, chairs. And we're, like, we know everything gets super overwhelming. So, like, if you want to just come, like, chill and hang out, like, we're going to give you a space for that. Um, resource cards, academic advising help, CAPS help, stuff like that. It's a super great organization because it's so, like, overarching and it really is just promoting, like, all the best things and all, like, the most positive things that we can do and saying like we're not naive to the fact that like college students will be college students yeah. and like mm-hmm. everyone's gonna try new things probably but like we're gonna give you the resources because we know a lot of times people don't have the resources that they need to do it safely yeah I think it's cool that like there's an organization like that on campus obviously like yes student-led like you're a college student too and you like experience all the things you just talked about but like the fact that like IU as like a professional institution like supports it and like I don't know lets it be a thing I think is cool too because it just shows like yeah like IU is like professional establishment but like Mm -hmm. we know that our kids like are doing are being college kids yeah that's cool it's super awesome yeah And then, um, so how I found Culture of Care and, like, Mm. got to be a part of it was I was, like, walking through, I think, like, this is all, like, fate. Like, I'm not a huge, like, 
<laughs> that type mm-hmm. of type of thing, type of person. But I like I completely think that my encounters with culture of care were like meant to be. So mm-hmm. um, I I was on the phone with my mom and I was like walking through Dun Meadow like to go to Noodles and Company because I was really hungry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my mom was like, what's all that noise? And I was like, oh, like it's a student involvement fair. And she was like, no, like hang up the phone with me, like go get involved somewhere like go go do something like don't don't just go get food like go see what's out there like go try and yeah I was like okay so I hung up the phone with my mom and I was walking around and um I saw this table and they had like custom condoms and I was like what I was like we can we can do this like we can have like because where I'm from like where just kind of the environment that I grew up in it it wasn't super conservative by any means but it was nobody really talked about sex Mm -hmm. like my sex education was like a week out of driver's ed like yeah and my driver's ed teacher like really awkwardly put a condom on a banana and then told us that if we're gay we're gonna get AIDS oh my god oh my god it was like really weird yeah wait your driver's ed teacher Wait, why were the Gave drivers the Ed and the sex because ed they were together? Because they were like, <laughs> that's what I'm because like, that what? was like health. Like our drivers ed was like our like quote unquote health class. Oh, so okay. like that's that. Really oh, you did it in school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did represent outside of school. So oh. I was like, what? Yeah. So okay. never really talked about like <laughs> sex in that that's type whack. of what. Yeah, it really is. Um, and so like. Obviously, when you don't get comprehensive sex ed, like, it makes sex something that can only be talked about when it's, like, super taboo and, like, like you need to be, like, in such a specific environment to be able to have open conversations about sex. Mm-hmm. And so when I – and I knew that I, like, kind of wanted to have these open conversations about sex, but I was, like, so ashamed because I was, like, nobody's going to want to talk about it with me, like – People are going to think I'm weird. People are going to think I'm this if I want to talk about it. Like, there are so many, like, preconceived notions that people Mm -hmm. have about people that are, like, open about their sexuality. And, like, I've come to accept those things about myself and that, like, people are going to think things about me and I'm not going to be able to stop them. But, like, I know that being open and honest about my sexuality doesn't change who I am as a person. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's a part of me and I'm proud of it at this point. But, like... Mm -hmm. It wasn't always like that. Like, I used to be super ashamed of it and, like, super, super closed off. And so when I saw these condoms on the table, it was the first time that I had ever seen anybody talk about sex, like, in the mm-hmm. daylight. Like, in yeah. like in just this, like, neutral, like, we can talk about it if we want type yeah. of way. And I thought that was awesome. And I was like, yeah. I was like, this is college. Like, this is so cool. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. And so I took, like, a resource card. I put my name down to, like, sign up for the group me or whatever. But nothing really, like, came of that. And I, like, thought it, I thought it was awesome, but, like, nothing really came of that. And then, like, two weeks later, I um, was cleaning my room, and I saw, like, the little resource card that I had taken mm-hmm. from the activity fair that I guess I, like, never put away or something like that or, like, looked yeah. at really and I saw the Instagram, and I was like, oh, I'll follow them on Instagram. Like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm right. just, just going to follow them on Instagram. Yeah. And then I, like, go to the Instagram page, and it's, like, the first call-out meetings in, like, two hours. Oh. Oh, my God. And so I was like, I have to go. Yeah. And so I went, and I, like, I sat by myself. Like, I was super nervous. Aww. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. because I was, like, a little freshman, I was yeah. like, yeah. I, I have no friends, like. Not I have no friends, but, like, I didn't know people. And, like, I know, like, coming out of state, it's definitely difficult to know people who are close to like that. But this, like, this was something that, like, I really wanted to do. Yeah. Like, and so I I built up the courage, and I, like, went by myself, and I, like, sat there, and I, like, introduced myself to people, and I talked to people, like, and it was it was awesome. Like, and then after that, I had, like, slowly started to get, more involved Mm -hmm. with culture of care um I signed up for like volunteering type of things one of the first things I did when I volunteered was I worked at the um suicide prevention walk so I did that made a couple of friends there it was awesome 
Um, and then just, like, continued to show up to the meetings. Mm-hmm. And then, like, started to, like, show my face a little bit more and, like, show the things that I wanted to talk about more. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, being reciprocated. And I was given, like, a platform by the other people in the organization. So, and they were, like, super supportive of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. And even when I didn't have, like, a leadership role in Culture of Care, like, everyone was still so open to, like, hearing the things that I wanted to say, which was, like, so great. And then um, applications came out for, like, leadership positions in the club, and I filled it out. And my mom was like, go for, like, so we have, like, a PR chair, and so my mom was like, go for that, like, all of this, like, I, I don't know. And then I was like, no, like, I'm going to go for sexual well-being. Like, that's mm-hmm. something, like, that's what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And then I changed my major from nursing to gender studies. And I, like, it's literally just been the path that I've been on since. Yeah. Which is so fun. And, like, this year, um, we've been working so hard to, like, keep up that momentum it's our 10 year anniversary of like being an org here on campus okay. so we have a lot of fun stuff coming up um culture of care week is november 7th to the 11th and that's like four di- so we have like monday tuesday and then a break on wednesday and thursday friday um and it's like a week long of just like every um like area that culture of care has so, like mental health drug and alcohol awareness sexual well-being and respect they each have a day and so, like, we have so much stuff planned for each of the days. Um, it's going to be an awesome week that, like, we're just going to show students that we care about them and give out resources. And I'm super excited. Like, I know that I, like, by no means would have been where I am in, like, any of the other things that I'm involved with now if I hadn't, like, gained so much confidence and so much, like, momentum from being a part of Culture of Care. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really awesome. Yeah. It's just, like, crazy how, like, I don't know, you're just, like, walking past the fair. And, like, you're right, like, all that happened, like, for such a reason. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. It, like, changed the trajectory of your your path almost. Yeah. So far, so far in life. Who knows what will happen. But that's awesome, though. And I'm glad you're really passionate about it. But I And I do agree, like, um, I don't think... I mean, I'm, you know, it's great that IU supports that. I feel like there are other colleges out there that definitely don't have yeah. the resources yeah. and they feel more selective about it. And they have a stigma around mental health and sexuality and et cetera. Um, but I don't know. I definitely think it is stigmatized and, and, and people can do things unsafely when they don't have the right information. So I think that this, that's really, really cool. Yeah. And so, like... Um, when people don't have like the right resources or the right information and like when things like dare were around Mm -hmm. like dare to keep kids off of drugs yeah yeah. like saying like i'm gonna sign this thing and like never touch a drug in my life and like all of that it's like yeah it doesn't prevent anything yeah. yeah and so us kind of saying that like we're going to turn a blind eye to, like, the drinking and the drugs that happen on this campus. Like, that's not going to help anyone. No. So maybe giving people, like, we always say, like, it's a marathon, not a sprint when it comes to drinking. So, like, maybe have a drink, take a couple sips of water, and, like, see how you're feeling. Like, let's not take six shots at once because, like, (laughs) you will stand up and they -hmm. will all hit you at once and, like, you'll fall over and, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so... Because a lot of times before people get to college, it's, like, a lot of, like, stealing your parents' alcohol and, like, mm-hmm. not really knowing. And, like, you don't you don't know how tequila interacts with vodka because they're different. Like, you don't know how that's going to make you feel. Mm-hmm. You don't know, like, people talk about, like, um, a glass of wine versus a shot versus mm-hmm. a beer. But people don't talk about an edible versus a joint versus taking a hit off of someone's pen. Like, yeah, those are all different things that are going to affect you differently. Yeah. People don't talk about, like, marijuana and alcohol use together, like, knowing how that's going to affect you. And, like, we'll always say, like, try something and see how you feel. 
like, try something, wait 30 minutes, and see how you feel. Like, if that's what you're going to do, you're going to do it, and we're going to try to help you do it as safely as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing that, like, laced weed has, like, a little white dusting on it, so, like, maybe yeah. don't do that. Only do <laughs> drugs with people that you trust. Like, mm-hmm. don't take... Scary. Yeah, like, it, it can be really, really scary. And and people don't, don't know about that. Right? Yeah. You know I mean, like, especially people that are experimenting for the first time, like don't know what what is right or wrong with mm-hmm. certain things so yeah they could easily get themselves in a bad pickle yeah <laughs> and so like um marijuana use is super popular just like in general right. um and we do one of our like best activities that we do with people is this thing called 420 glaze it mm-hmm. and it's like um we get like 300 400 donuts from kroger oh, yeah, and then yes. we have like um, we, like, set up a table and we, like, have people come over and, like, we'll ask them a question and they'll say something, like, we'll be, like, is, I don't, I don't have one off the top of my head, but, like, we'll ask people questions about marijuana use and, like, stuff like that. And people, like, will come over and, like, outwardly exclaim that, like, they're stoners and then we'll ask them a question and they'll be, like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Or tell us the wrong answer and we're, like, okay, so you're obviously, like, super passionate about marijuana use but like you don't know anything that's going on in your body and like that can be dangerous so like we're not gonna judge you for that we're not gonna like say like you're a moron like (laughs) what's the point in doing that we're gonna like tell you some correct information and like give you a donut and maybe it'll stick because we gave you a donut with it yeah (laughs) so yeah (laughs) like and like we always say like right or wrong like we because we're always giving away free stuff like that's we that's what we love to do Mm -hmm. but like Right or wrong, you get the prize. It's just, like, take the information with the prize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you, like, have the money, like, get the money for all the free stuff you give out? Oh, we're funded by IU. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that, oh, my God, that's, like, even more of, like, their support, I guess, which is so interesting. But so great. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever um, pair with any other, like, clubs or organizations yes so we are huge with the health center um and then also the queer student union we work with them um we've paired with a lot of other orgs before and like we have a bunch of people that are like trying to promote similar messages to us and like we want to make sure that we're supporting them like Mm -hmm. because at this point, we're all working for the same team. Like, it's never been, like, a... Right. We're going to do something better than somebody else. Like, yeah, we're all promoting support. the same message, and mm-hmm. we're all going to support the yeah. other orgs that are supporting the same message as us. And, like, it's great to, like, see other people and other organizations be so involved in pushing for this message, too, because that just proves how, like, necessary it is. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, it's awesome to see that, like, to me, culture of care is everything. Like, it's it's my whole world, but then there are some people on this campus where, like, they don't know what it is, but maybe they'll know about another student org that, like, is promoting a similar message and then the message is still getting out. Sure. So, like, it's great to see, like, so many different organizations, like, all kind of supporting mm-hmm. a similar topic and, like, supporting the students on this campus. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, okay, do you want to talk about It's On Us now? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, through my work with Culture of Care, I have um, made a lot of connections in the Office of Sexual Violence Prevention, um, which is, like, a part of the Student Health Center. And um, part of that is there is, like, a job inside of that, which is through It's On Us, which is, like, the kind of overarching, like, sexual violence prevention and victim advocacy thing for, like, all college campuses. And its goal is to, like, end sexual violence on college campuses and to also, like, just promote resources and stuff like that. So, basically, I don't know if, like, you guys had to do them because of, like, there was stuff going on with COVID, but, like, the, like, modules and, like, the active bystander Mm -hmm. things and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. like, those types of presentations where it's, like, they sit and they, like, explain to you, like, consent and stuff like that because some people might go into these presentations and be, like, yeah, I know everything, like, I'm just going to sit here for an hour and a half and, like, 
some people will like genuinely like not know. Yeah. And so um, I am one of the presenters for It's On Us. So I do like, I do two presentations a week. So I'm like going and I'm giving like um, presentations to incoming freshmen and stuff like that and teaching them about like sexual misconduct and IU's policies and then also giving them like resources and stuff like that. And then also um, we like to talk a lot about how alcohol plays into your ability to give consent Mm -hmm. and then a lot of people don't know the difference between just being drunk and being incapacitated Mm -hmm. because something that we like to say is like drunk people can have consensual sex all the time but like when you're incapacitated it's a different story Mm -hmm. and also knowing how to help someone who's incapacitated is super important because again like people coming here like They don't know that, like, if your friend's throwing up on the side of the road, don't send them in an Uber and expect them to get home. Like, help them get home. Mm -hmm. Like, stuff like that. Like, people don't, like, process that that's something else because when you're in, like, a smaller, like, town and, like, maybe, let's say, like, there's a house party in a neighborhood and, like, your friend is, like, oh, I'm just going to go home and they're, like, three houses down and, like, their parents are in their house. Like, sending them home then is a totally different story Mm -hmm. from, like, being at a house party here or being at a frat here or something like that and somebody being like I'm gonna I'm like not okay I'm just gonna put my like my friend's gonna go into an uber and like they're gonna figure it out because there's there are people that like some sometimes there are people around that shouldn't aren't doing the right things and sometimes like if you're living in a dorm situation there are like things that could happen, there are things that could go wrong, like, that could be so easily avoided by, like, somebody just helping you. Yeah. And, like, never shaming anyone for, like, getting too drunk or, Mm -hmm. like, doing this because we all overdo it sometimes. Like, it's never Mm -hmm. a point of, like, judgment or anything like that. It's really just kind of, like, knowing that you can help and that you probably should help. Mm -hmm. And, like, we talk about a lot about being an active bystander and, like, kind of stepping up and taking responsibility for a problem. Like, I don't know if you guys know, like, the butter f- or the bystander effect, which yeah. is, like, um, basically, like, if you're in a crowd of people and something is going, like, terribly wrong with, mm-hmm. like, one person, you'll kind of look around and be like, oh, well, like, somebody else is going to help. Mm-hmm. So then you don't help. Mm-hmm. But then if everybody's thinking that somebody else is going to help, then nobody, nobody helps. helps yeah. yeah. And so the what we try to teach through It's On Us is, like, to go against that Mm -hmm. and to kind of say, like, it doesn't matter if more, like, the more the merrier. If everyone's going to help, then everyone's going to help. And, like, if you're going to take this problem into your own hands, like, then you're going to be the one to help it. Mm -hmm. And, like, helping, giving them resources, like, the Indiana Lifeline Law, making sure freshmen know that. Um, Mm -hmm. And just, like, letting them know that, like, stuff happens. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... Sometimes shit hits the fan, but, like, there are things that you can do. There are ways to help. And, like, we also say to them that, like, if you don't feel like you can take this problem into your own hands, then find somebody who can. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. we'll go through, like, activities and stuff like that, and it's like, what would you do to help this situation? And then they'll tell us, and then we'll be like, and if you needed additional help, where would you go? And so, like, making sure that they know that, like, there is help beyond themselves because, obviously, sometimes it gets super overwhelming, especially if you are under the influence as well, to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this problem into my own hands and, like, I'm going to solve it right now. Like, sometimes you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, you won't know the person who's in trouble and, like, you won't feel comfortable going, bringing them home. So, like, go get somebody who does or, like, go find somebody to help you. Like, you can help someone and then also get help. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, you can you can do both. And just making sure that, like, freshmen understand that because a lot of the time this is the first time that, like, they're away from that. Like, mm-hmm. from the safeness of, like, right. being home and, like, being in this, like, crazy college in- environment. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so letting them know that, like, there are resources and there's help available and, like, sometimes things can get scary, but, like, you are brave enough to handle them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, so important, all of that. It's just, like, 
don't know, can be scary. And I think yeah. it's also cool that, like, yeah, it's about, like, sexual violence prevention, but, like, just helping your friends in general when they're too drunk, like, that doesn't always lead to sexual violence, and it's important to, like, help in those circumstances, too. Yeah, and then we also are, like, we also tell them that, like, sexual violence is preventable. Yeah. Like, taking steps and, like, making sure that people around you are, like, okay, making sure that you're okay, like, it can go way further than you Mm -hmm. think. Like, it can go... Like, I'm the type of person at a party, like, I will just always do this. Like, if I see, like, anybody, I'll, like, thumbs up. And, like, if they give me a thumbs up back, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're good. And, like, even if they look like they're good, like, just double check. Like, yeah, just, like, stuff like that. Like, just making sure that the people around you, like, are actually enjoying their time. Like, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It goes It goes way further than you would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely... It's an important thing to talk about that, like, mm-hmm. also, you know, uh, pushing um, all the, not like, um, what is mm. the word I'm looking for? All these um, resources and, like, yeah. information, information and, like, talking about, like, the bystander effect and how to prevent, um, in, like, incidents and everything. People talk about it, but sometimes it doesn't get the message through. You know, because I think people would be like, oh, yeah, like, I know what the bystander effect. And, oh, yeah, I know to help a friend when they're too drunk. And, they, and they're and they like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I know how to, how, how to prevent that. And they just, like, really don't understand the the limit to how bad it really can be. Um, and, then it, and then a lot of incidents happen, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that that you um, are are so strongly advocating for this and giving out information and making it, like, a point because I think if people talk about it loosely and just, like, oh, yeah, like, just make sure, like, everything's in check. But it's, like, how how deep are you getting the message to this person? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I don't think it gets through. And peop- sometimes people will take it and be, like, well, I'm a good person. Like, I'm a good friend. Like, I'll, like, if something's going on, like, yeah. exactly. like I'll do something and then, like, something happens and they don't do anything and you don't do anything yeah, and then it's like exactly okay like yeah. but could you imagine like maybe things would have gone a little bit better if you had said something or something mm-hmm. like that and obviously we do talk about barriers to intervention like we know that there are certain things that like there are situations where it can be unsafe for people to intervene where like so you might not know enough about the situation to like to intervene stuff like that like we know that there are like identity characteristics that hold people back from intervening due to like personal reasons stuff like that we do talk about that but then we also try to like say again like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent on you like if you don't think that you can intervene in this situation go get somebody who you think can Mm -hmm. and then like if they're they don't think they can, they'll get somebody who can. Then all of a sudden, you have a group of people that yeah. like know about a problem and want to help. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it becomes easier to help. Yeah. So like, it really is just about like these situations are so individual and so like time specific. So like we can't give like a checklist of something to do every single time something happens. But like we can just let people know that like you would want somebody to do it for you if you needed it. So, like, put yourself in a position to help someone else. And, like, if that position is too overwhelming, then go get support. And, like, then it becomes something so much bigger and, you, like, in a good way, not, like, bigger and, like, a yeah, 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 yeah. explosion. But, it, like, the circle of people who want to help becomes bigger and then, and then you can move forward and, like, mm-hmm. hopefully do something positive with that to help out another person. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I'm just so impressed by you. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just so cool, like, just everything you're involved with and, like, how passionate you are. Yeah. I, like, I was not expecting this. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, in the nursing program, like, (laughs) on path or whatever. And, like, that the trajectory just, like, changed yeah, for me. and like completely. I think it's, like, I definitely think that it's something that I have been, like, pushing down and being, like, I, 
I don't want to talk about it. Like, talking about sex is weird. Like, why would I want to talk about sex? Like, that's... Like, I think I did that most of my, like, mm-hmm. high school experience yeah. because, like, that's what, that's what yeah. everybody else was doing yeah. and, like, right. how, like, weird would have I, like, would I have been if, like, I was like, no, actually, I think I want to talk about sex and everyone was like, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. But, like, coming here and, like, having kind of this mindset of, like, how many, there are, like, 40,000, yeah. Probably more. Mm-hmm. 40,000? 50, 50, now. 50? Really? Yeah, we got... Wow. The last two classes were, like, the biggest classes that I've ever had. I was like, there are 50,000 people here. Like, I'm, I'm out of my, like, small town where I grew up. Like, if the group of people that I'm talking to right now doesn't want to talk about the same stuff that I do, doesn't want to support the same stuff that I do, like, what, there are, like... It's like thousands, thousands and thousands. thousands of other people Tens that I can thousands, become yeah. friends with. And mm-hmm. so, like... Coming in, I had that mindset, and, like, I was super lucky that, like, my friends are supportive of the stuff that I'm doing, but, like, I was really, like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be myself, and, like, if the people that I'm talking to right now don't like that, then, what, there are, like, 49,900-something mm. other people, yeah. 49,900 other people that might have some similar thoughts that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you sort of, like, mentioned this before, but just, like, in terms of a career, like, do you have any idea of, like, what you want to do with all of this? If you don't, it's okay, obviously, but... So, I I don't know exactly where mm-hmm. I want to go with all of this. Um, I can definitely see myself working with some sort of programming in the education system because I think that a lot of shame and stigma around sex comes from like the lack of comprehensive sex ed that we get when we're so like Mm -hmm. in our formative years like I feel like if it wasn't so stigmatized if it wasn't so like don't talk about sex don't do Mm -hmm. this like don't do all of that I feel like if we just like cut the shit and actually told people the stuff that they needed to know and then also like didn't shame women for like <laughs> being sexual beings and like yeah. stuff like that and gave like like also gave like queer sex ed and stuff mm-hmm. like that like mm-hmm. if we just did that from the get-go I think so much I've spent so much time having to unlearn all of like the shame and stigma that I was taught as a kid and so I think that if we just took like didn't teach the shame and stigma in the first place like so much of like the negativity could be gone and so like that's something that I've been thinking about doing I I've also thought about um like just kind of like continuing in like the advocacy work that I'm doing for like women's rights Mm -hmm. and for like abortion rights and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um just like pushing for those types of things um I definitely want to stay in like the advocacy route that I'm on Mm -hmm. um but yeah like I don't I'm not really sure where that's gonna take me right now like I'm just I'm really enjoying college years yeah um as you should I do have an internship at um something that's like super cool and something that's really really special to me so I work for an audio erotica company called Quinn um basically I had gotten reached out to by a friend of mine who was like who had a friend who was, like, they found your Instagram, they saw the stuff that you're, like, advocating for, and, like, they think that you would be, like, a good fit. Like, can I send them your information? And I was, like, yeah, sure. Like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, okay. Like, you're just so popular. Yeah, like. I'm, like, wow. <laughs> Everyone wants to talk to me. Like, that's so crazy. But um, so I ended up giving them my information and, like, applying for this internship. And then... So now I kind of, I work for Quinn, and I didn't really explain Quinn. So um, basically, our CEO, her name is Caroline, she um, she dropped out of college in 2019 because she was, like, really, really struggling with her, like, mental health. And, like, also, she was dealing with that, with an eating disorder at that time, and it was, like, really, really difficult. And so... She was struggling with her libido as well, um, like very low sex drive. It was just like it was it was tough for mm-hmm. her, and um, she turned to like mainstream porn because like 
kind of when you're like gearing up to like kind of take your sexuality into your own hands like you go to masturbation because that's like that's self-intimacy and so when she would turn to that um she like she went to mainstream porn because that's just kind of like it's instilled that that's what you do and so when she went there the first thing that she saw were like how body focused mm. everything mm-hmm. was and like it's hard not to be like right. you're watching two people have sex like how can you not look at their bodies but then that completely takes away from like the mental side of sex yeah. and like it pulls out that aspect and like you are aware when you're going to platforms like Pornhub like you're not gonna find something that's like super like mental health positive and like promoting you and all of that like like you know what you're doing and so but that doesn't stop the fact that like it can be damaging for people that are Mm -hmm. struggling with body issues that are struggling with like stuff like that um and so she basically created Quinn which is audio erotica to kind of like take back that power into your own hands of like of masturbation and uh, and of like connecting your mental health to your sexuality um, and, like, making these type of audios that, like, are really good for making you feel comfortable and, like, making you be able to feel comfortable in your body, like, to express your sexuality without, without judging yourself for it, pretty much. And another, like, reason why... Um, I am so, like, supportive of Quinn and their message and all of that is, like, the porn industry has a history of not treating its employees correctly. Mm -hmm. And it has, like, a very strong history of, like, keeping stuff on the internet when people in the videos want it to be taken down. And, like, we don't know how much of the porn on Pornhub is made consensually and, like, Mm -hmm. with People of age. People of age and, like, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's not, it's not great. Yeah. It's not a great go-to, like, and one of the things that, like, we like to say is, like, Pornhub's like McDonald's. Like, it, like, (laughs) you go and, like, it gets the job done and, like, like, it's, it's fine. You go once, you feel, like, okay. But, like, you keep going back to it, like, you're going to get, like, you're going to feel shitty. Like, you're going to get these, like, ideals in your head that this is how sex should look and sound and, like, my body should look like that and, like, I should be doing this. And, like, you shouldn't because sex is so individual and, like, you will start, like, saying, should my legs look like that when I'm having, like, no. Like, (laughs) you're going to, like, you're going to have sex however you're going to have sex and, like, Yes, there is something, like, we, like, we know what, like, voyeurism is, like, there is something erotic about watching two people have sex, like, but there are so many negatives about it that are, like, gonna stick with you whether you're acknowledging it or not, and so, um, Quinn, basically, like, we found all of our creators, I'm saying, like, we, like, I did it, but Caroline found found the creators that, um, like, just love what they do and like they know that their stuff is being put out there they know that people are like listening to it they like some some of them are anonymous some of them use their like full names and like have it in their instagram and some people like don't but like they know what they're doing and they love doing it Mm -hmm. and that is something so important especially like even just like so many videos on pornhub like probably the girl doesn't even know what's on there Mm. Yeah, it's like so which is up. which is so messed That's up. So bad. And so like with Quinn, it's made so much more ethically. Like, right. so that's like that's one of like the great things about Quinn. Um, and then it's just something like so positive. Like the like the audios like actually like will like build you up almost. It feels like because. Sex is something you do with your body, but it shouldn't be, like, solely focused around what your body looks like. Yeah. And so, like, to take, to almost take, like, the way your body looks out of the equation and just, like, connect your sexuality with your mind 
is so important, especially today, because, like, there's so much, like, shame and, like, stuff like that around bodies in general. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, the ideal body type changes, like, every other week. Like, and there's no way to keep up, and there's no way to fit into that standard, and there's no way. And, like, I can look at somebody and say, she has the perfect body, and somebody can think that about me, and somebody can, and whoever I'm thinking about can think that about somebody else. Like, there is no perfect body. There is no any of this. And so, like, to take the way that your body looks out of sex and, like, just reconnect with, like, that self-intimacy is, like, it's just so important. And, like, I, something that, like, brings it almost all back together for me is, like, I don't want to do just work about sexual violence. And I don't want to do just work about sex positivity and turn a blind eye to the amount of sexual violence that happens, like, in Mm -hmm. the world. Like, so having all of my things kind of connect, but then saying, like, I'm going to talk about sexual violence for, like, four hours, but then I'm going to turn around and promote sex positivity, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to give out condoms, and then I'm going to, like, give out resource cards and say, like, IU has confidential victim advocates and, like, stuff like that. But then I'm going to be, like, like, self-pleasure is so important and stuff like that, and, like, kind of going to touch, being able to touch on all aspects Mm -hmm. of the things that I'm passionate about is a super awesome feeling because I never... I never ever feel like I'm like too negative or too positive or too anything. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like I'm promoting what yeah. I want to be promoting. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's just like that's really crazy about Quinn. Like I didn't know. Obviously, I knew that you like worked for them and everything, but I didn't know how it started. And I like never thought about just because I don't know. Never like, yeah. needed to like think about just like how. I, like, completely just lost my train of thought. But just about how, like, she was struggling with her body image and, like, mm. couldn't turn to Pornhub or wherever else and, yeah. then, like, came up with it. Like, that's just so, like, creative and interesting. I don't know. Yeah, and it shows, like, how kind of pornography and, like, the whole industry and, like, honestly just, like, the conversation of sex has been, like, pushing forward because, like... I don't even know how, like, long ago it was, but, like, people didn't even know that, like, marital rape was a thing, like, mm-hmm. until, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but, like, people didn't think about it like mm-hmm. that. Like, and so, like, these conversations about sex are, like, pushing forward, and obviously, like, we're getting pushed back because, like, it's something that's so stigmatized, but, like, mm-hmm. people are kind of starting to step back and realize, like, oh, maybe there are things about sex that, like, we should be talking about and maybe changing and then change is happening and it's like it's super awesome that change is actually happening and like people like Caroline and people that are like promoting like positive erotic material that's like actually uplifting people instead of like things that aren't and like making sure that like when people are having these conversations about sex, like, they're very much, they're uplifting. Because Mm -hmm. for so long, it's just, like, every single time you talk about sex, there had to be some, like, negative or there Mm -hmm. had to be, like, some... But, like, don't bring this up again. Like, I'm going to tell you something and, like, this is so, like, secret. This is so, like... You say it at, like, 3 a.m. at a sleepover and then nobody ever talks about it ever again. Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, like, these okay, conversations so being were, brought um, to light and being, like, so positively informed and, like, pushing rights. forward is something that's So do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. So, um, it's something that's so, like, near and dear to me. Um, I think that there is no way for a person with the capacity to get pregnant to feel confident in their body if everyone is making decisions about it for them. Like, I think that there is no freedom. I think that there is no, like, space for these people that are struggling with the decision that was made by the Supreme Court. I think that there's no way for them to truly feel like they are a person, like they are, like, that they are seen, that they are, like, appreciated if everyone's having these conversations about them and they're not included. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, we all know what happened over the summer Mm -hmm. um, with the overturning. It sucked. Like, it, it really, it threw me for a loop. I 
I knew that it was happening. Mm-hmm. I knew that like this was yeah. in talks, but I I had so much I had so much faith. Like yeah. 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 Probably naively, but yeah. I had so much faith that like we couldn't be going back in time. Yeah. Like yeah. it it wasn't going to happen. Um it did. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to backtrack a little bit cuz I forgot about this. So um basically in um I want to say May um, I got interviewed by the 74 um, about my involvement with culture of care and just kind of saying, like, teens that are promoting sexual well-being and, like, positive sexuality, like, how are they feeling about Roe v. Wade? And um, I gave, like, my interview about that, and um, I was saying that, like, it's really, really scary to, like, to feel like you don't have the choice of whether or not to be sexually assaulted or not. And then you don't even get the right to choose after that. Like, mm-hmm. it's... It's unreal. It's not. It's not It's not fair. No. Like... Point in blank. And so, um, after that interview, I definitely, like, became super passionate about that because I realized that, like, whether I liked it or not, like, people were looking to me as a resource and a platform and, like, there was no way that I could be sex positive and I could be, like, promoting positive sexuality for, like, for women and then not touch on this topic about abortion rights. There was no way. Yeah. And so, um, kind of after that, I started doing research. I started all of that. I started looking into it way more, having more conversations about it. It became something that was super important to me. Um... And then the day that Roe v. Wade got overturned, I remember I was in the car and um, Ariana actually texted me Mm. and like sent me a picture and she was like, I can't believe this. Mm. And I was like, and I pulled over and I read it and I I sat in my car for like 20 minutes and I was just in shock. Mm. Like Mm. I just like, I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I genuinely had so much faith that, like, that we were going to move forward, not backwards. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I did, too. I, I didn't think that would happen. Like, I, I, I just like, I just did not think it would happen. And, like, this is so off topic, but, like, I'm really close with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we would have conversations about this, and she would tell yeah. me that she remembers what it was like, what it was like when, like, it was, like, before we got the rights and now Mm -hmm. we have the rights, but now we're going to take them back. Like, Mm -hmm. and she was like, she was like, I can't believe that I'm going to watch my rights given to me and then wait like 40 plus years Mm -hmm. and then have them be taken away. I know it's not fair. Like, so I've had multiple conversations with them with, with her about like these types of topics. Mm -hmm. And so basically like when this happened, I kind of like, I had, taken to social media, I had said, like, I had given out resources, I had, I immediately signed up to volunteer with Planned Parenthood, um, all of that, I pretty much did everything that I could, I started donating at that point, like, to literally whatever I could, and then also just saying to people, like, this is a really difficult time, like, and, like, we need to be supportive of one another, like, whether that means, like, shoulder to cry on, whether that means, like, we start fighting today like we need to be building each other up like this is not a time to be like we're all on the same team like this is really a time to just like come together Mm -hmm. and so I basically like I felt my emotions that day I was really really out of it like I I felt like shit um stripped of your rights yeah (laughs) yeah of course um and then I started fighting the next day. Mm-hmm. And I got in touch with one of my friends. Um, and we started, like, a group me for IU students that are, like, really passionate about fighting for reproductive rights. Um, and we had, like, a lot of momentum in that. And, like, people were, like, sending information, sending... Um, rallies for like different locations and stuff like that because it was over the summer and we were all so scattered and it was like very mm-hmm. it was it was a very difficult 
thing to kind of say, like, let's all come together, but, like, I'm in New Jersey, and she's in, Mm. like, Bloomington, and she's in, like, California. Like, it was a very difficult time for us to, like, come together in person. So, like, it was very much, like, people sending their phone numbers being, like, I'm here to support you if you need support, like, all of that. And it was it was super uplifting in a time that was, like, obviously really, really hard. Um, and so then when we got back to campus, um, we, like, knew that there was stuff that we wanted to get involved in. There was stuff that we wanted to do. And um, we ended up having, like, a fundraiser type of, like, concert event. And it was at the Orbit Room, and it was it was a ton of fun. We had three bands play. We had The Matriarch, we had Syzygy, and then we had, oh, I feel so bad, I forget the third name. Oh, The Croaks. Um, And they played, and we ended up raising $870 to go to... um, Oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we split it between Planned Parenthood, which, like, is... Everyone knows what Planned Parenthood is. Yeah. And then we also split it between that and Elevated Access, which goes, the money goes to volunteer pilots who will fly people out of state to get wow. health care. Wow, I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. To, um, to get gender-affirming care or reproductive care. I didn't know that was a thing wow. yeah. that was done. So another, like, one of the reasons why I was, like, so passionate about this fight is because I had a sit-down conversation with my mom when this happened because I was... I was, like, distraught. Yeah. And my mom was like, honey, like, you're fine. Like, if you need an abortion, like, I'm going to, like, I'll fly you to New Jersey where it's, like, where you can get one and you'll get one. And then I was like. Not everyone. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so, I'm so privileged right now. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not fighting for myself. Yeah. Like, that was when I realized that this Mm -hmm. was so much bigger than myself. Because, like, yeah, my mom would pay for me to fly out and get an abortion if I needed one. And. It probably if I was like, oh, my best friend needs one, my mom would pay for her <laughs> flight too. But like, yeah. the amount of people that don't have these resources and don't have access to this and like are still struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with, like, yeah, it it goes so much so. further beyond me and beyond. And so I started like this group of people with a friend of mine. Her name is Reese, and um, we had like a similar kind of like. Both of our parents agreed that, like, if we needed anything, they would fly us out and they would pay for it and they would do this. And, like, that's awesome. Like, thank you, mom and dad. Like, but the amount of people that don't have access to that, like, and I'm just going to turn a blind eye to, like, all the people that are struggling with the same thing that I am, but they don't have the solution. Like, that that felt so wrong to me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of kept pushing forward and kept fighting for this because I knew that it wasn't that at this point it wasn't about me anymore and like it never was personally about me like it wasn't like Supreme Court versus Matisse like it was it was it was everyone but like I stopped taking it as something personal and turned that into like I'm fighting for every person with the capacity to get pregnant that feels so like low because we were literally told that like a gun has actual more rights than we do. Like, and that is just such a, like, fun keep-me-up-at-night <laughs> concept to toy with. Like, yeah. a literal gun. But, like... It's, yeah. So, um, yeah, we took to that, and, like, f- like fingers crossed, like, things are going well in Indiana, knock on wood at the moment, uh, with, yeah. um, like, with the ban being lifted. Mm-hmm. Um... But there's still a lot of stuff that we need to fight for. And, mm-hmm. like, still kind of, like, Roe v. Wade being overturned gives, like, a thumbs up to every single act of sexism that has ever happened. Yeah. And, like, that is just such a crazy concept because, like, we're, like, I hate saying that I'm a feminist. Like, I think the concept <laughs> of feminism is actually so stupid. Like, why do I need to be fighting to have equal rights to men? And, like, why do I need to be, like, pushing and, like, begging people to, like, understand, like, I have a vagina, like, they have a penis, like, uh, but, like, I'm going to fight because I'm so much lower than them. Like, that yeah. that concept doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I actually think it's stupid. But, like, mm. I am a feminist. Like, I do support women's rights. I do push for a lot of feminist topics and so like having that 
having Roe v. Wade happen, like being overturned happen, I was like, okay, so like literally every single time anyone has ever said, done, watched something sexist happen, like given yeah, yeah like it's it's job. really yeah. just given like the thumbs up the yeah. old like do it again like that looks great keep up the good work type yeah. of thing and like yeah. it it was just like it was a terrible time and, like I remember my brothers like I grew up I have two older brothers mm-hmm. and they were like it's okay like they like didn't know how to like yeah deal with like what I was like talking about and like neither did my dad or like and my dad's like very sweet when it comes to like yeah all of this, like, he, he's a doctor, and so he, um, he knows how passionate I am about it, so he, like, joined, like, a workforce on his team to, like, promote, like, reproductive rights, and he wears, like, gender issue t-shirts, and, like, he's very supportive of the stuff that I'm doing, so, like, that's awesome, and, like, my brothers, like, are supportive of me, and I'm not 100% sure if, like, they're supportive of, like, the stuff that I'm fighting for because it's me fighting for it or because they, like, actually believe it, but, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna question that right now, I'm just gonna, like, go with the flow yeah yeah. um but that's why I've been saying like people with the capacity to be pregnant like this is not a women's issue like there are trans people that can become pregnant there are like non-binary people that can become pregnant like it goes beyond women and when we cut off the group to just women like it's discluding people it's not like actually getting everybody in and like at this point we need all the support that we can get so like why would you not include every group possible that wants to support you and so while I do appreciate people who don't understand what this is like I do kind of take that with a grain of salt and I'm like when people when I have conversations especially with like men outside of my family like and they say stuff to me that's like questionable I'm like uh-huh. Like, so you're just, like, never get like, nobody, if you're not in it, you're not going to get it. Right. Mm. So that's something, and, like, um, what is, like, what drove me the most was, like, the concept of, like, people fighting for, like, special cases of, like, rape and incest. Like, in that mm. case, you can get an abortion, and then it's, like... So I don't have the rights to my own body unless somebody else violates it without yeah, exactly. anything oh like that before. So which is like that concept was horrible. I'm like I'm like don't even don't even do that. Like don't like at, at that point it's like you are validating like at like sexual yeah. assault. Like you mm-hmm. are giving a thumbs up to sexual Seriously, assault but yeah. not to women's rights. It's like that whole yeah. system is yeah, so it's fucked really and really messed up. It is. Like I just, like, so I knew that that was something that, like, I needed to fight for, and it is mm-hmm. still something that I'm fighting for. Like, right. I haven't, like, I've definitely taken a step back from, like, being super involved in that just because of, like, my involvement in other things mm-hmm. currently, but it is definitely something that, like, I'm still super passionate about, mm-hmm. and by no means am I saying, like, well, because the, like, ban is, like, lifted in Indiana, like, I don't have to care about it yeah. anymore. I, I know that's not true, and I know that I'm, like staying educated and stuff like that but like I am human like I I don't want to stretch myself too thin like I I have a lot of work that I'm already doing and like I'm gonna give resources and let people know that I'm there for them and like that I'm a support but like sometimes things will come in waves and like there was a really big wave of momentum for that fight for me over the summer and like Maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't, but, like, it is something that I'm super proud of, and it is something that I'm super passionate about. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so awesome, and it's so, so important um, for so many reasons. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, Matisse, you're awesome, and this was awesome, and thank you for coming on and telling so us much. about everything. Yeah, where can we find okay. all of the things you talked about. <laughs> All right. So, Culture of Care. Our Instagram is iu.cultureofcare, um, and we have the link to our group me in there, and then we also post all of, like, our flyers and stuff like that for, like, upcoming events, everything like that. Um, stopsexualviolence.iu.edu is where you find a lot of, like, the It's On Us resources. Mm-hmm. Um if you go to the Student Health Center's Instagram or online at the Student Health Center, it'll give you, like, 
resources for like the CVAs and then also like the IUSA nurses, the hospital, um, SACs, like stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to like women's rights, abortion rights, literally like follow like the ACLU. Um, and then I like, when I was like getting like super involved in like stuff like that, I would just like literally follow like their Instagram accounts and they're called like feminist news and like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like stuff to keep you updated and like everything like that. And like, it's honestly so easy to stay updated with stuff like that because like it is making headlines all the time. So like, even if you just go on Google and you're like, how can I help? Like that helps too. And then Quinn, Quinn is at try Quinn on Instagram and it's so awesome. And I 1000% recommend like it has made my life amazing. And (laughs) Uh, not just being a part of it but like yeah just knowing that there is something out there that exists for like people is an awesome thing yeah that's great yeah awesome well thank you again of course thank you for having me thank you so much for listening be sure to follow us on social media at szn magazine and follow the podcast on instagram at what's.in.szn and keep an eye out for our upcoming edition in December. Thanks again for listening to What's in Season.